0: What is up everybody, welcome to Bench Chatter, Sunday, February 14th, we are live, coming at you, ready to talk some fantasy basketball, get you up to date. So with that said, let's just jump into it. Noah, what is cooking baby, how we doing? Hey, how are you doing? Happy Valentine's Day, Um, you know I'm feeling the love. Yeah, from anybody in particular, just uh, the universe in general, just coming at you
1: uh no the universe in general actually quite lonely in real life so oh you know how yeah,
0: it is dude. hell yeah dude i uh i can empathize dude i uh i don't have any any sexy valentine's dates either so we can uh talk basketball and cope with our feelings that way how does that sound does that sound it like sounds a plan great
1: honestly how you do awesome. this week in Spe- fantasy
0: Spe- speaking yeah speaking of coping um, Christian Wood being out, OG Nubi being out, Jaron Jackson Jr. being out for the inevitable season. I don't know. Kind of, kind of starting to really screw me over. Was only able to put up, put up like eleven hundred points. Didn't suffice. Generally a high scoring week. People were putting up numbers this week in our fantasy league, dude, and I assume that was across the board. So. Couldn't couldn't pull it out. I'm gonna have to really make some adjustments and look hard at my team if these guys are gonna continue to sit for long periods of time because you just can't have that. Three guys, that that screws you up, you feel?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, categories is is coming down to it though. I'm hoping to go six and three. I'm five and four at the moment. Things can shift. Oh, we're oh, five, three, and one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the way things end, unless Jamal Murray hits a three in twenty six seconds. That's my first tie of the year in categories. I take that. I take, take five that. three and one. There, I have no issues with that at all. How about yourself? How how'd you do?
1: Uh, you know, points like I got the dub. Um, I beat Mister Chris Kidwell Cash pretty money. easily. Uh, you know, my team didn't really do anything special this week. Um, you know, Steph got me a sixty five point game he uh, also got me a seventy-five like point game, but um, in categories, I'm gonna go four and five against Mister Simon. It uh, came pretty close in steals; he only won by two. But can I read you this Derek White stat line from today?
0: Yeah, I I kind of think I know where this is going. He put a he had a big day
1: today in the Spurs win against Charlotte. Derek White had twenty-five points on nine of fifteen shooting, sixty percent, four three pointers made two rebounds, four assists, and four steals. And um, I own him in actually both the points and the categories league, and I'm hoping this guy starts coming online, honestly, because I think there's a real chance that he can be a really good contributor on um, my team.
0: No, for sure. I mean, he's a guy that we talked about at the beginning of the season a ton because we knew that he had potential like this, but we just didn't know what was going to happen with him, and then he came back for that one game and then right away re-injured his toe. So... Kudos to you for being able to scoop him up at the right time in both leagues. That's what consistent waiver wire looking does. Oh, dude, I had waiver wire watching. I went for waiver wire looking. That was that was big error. You can't do that in the podcast biz. So, Apologies to me. From me to the listener. That's just poor podcasting. No, I apologize. Can we talk about how former podcast guest Jack Eggleton lost this week to uh, Max
1: Gendriff? Max Dude,
0: that's, that's tough stuff. For those that don't listen, Jack was tied for first. No, tied for second? Tied for second in the entire league and lost to somebody that doesn't check his lineup all that much. So what does that say about his bad fantasy basketball abilities? I don't know. Probably means he's shit. You're definitely going to want to pick up the guys we say this week, Jack, because I
1: already know you're listening.
0: Yeah, 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 I saw that. Like all our recommendations within a couple minutes of each other. All right, eggs. No Last face.
1: week Colin and I suggest Juan Toscano Anderson and Yaka Purdle. Jack Eggleton picks up both of those guys this week. That's now, all I gotta say. I will
0: give him the I will give him the benefit of the doubt. He could have been sorting alphabetically for free agents. So maybe he just was like, oh, I love people whose names start with J and just saw those two fuckers right next to each other and picked them up. Or he was listening to the pod. It's one of we, those two options. I don't. We start it. throwing
1: out bad picks to throw them off.
0: We should. Oh, let's do it. Hey, if you're listening, uh, pick up Mitchell Robinson. He's probably going to hit the waivers pretty soon. Definitely pick him up. I hear Clay Thompson Mitchell is um, starting to rev up his
1: workload. He's getting ready to come back.
0: Definitely going to want to pick him just, up. Can we talk about that phrasing? Because I have been made to look like a goddamn fool with Jaren Jackson Jr. Because it's been a month now since they said he was revving up his workload. And now the thing came out a couple days ago that's like, uh, we really, like it. it's not going to be anytime soon. And now I'm sitting here like a fool, like, I mean, maybe this is just our first bit. What do I do with Jaron Jackson Jr.? I can't be the only one that has this issue. Is it just time to to cut the ties and drop him?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a double-edged sword, you know, because you don't want to drop him because just letting a guy of that caliber onto the free agent market, someone who is more willing to wait on him, Mm -hmm. will probably honestly scoop him up instantly. So if you drop him, you know, there's always the thought of someone... um, Picking him up, but then if you keep him and the Grizzlies keep being really mysterious about uh, when he's going to come back, he could just be sitting on your bench not playing for another what two three weeks.
0: Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I have no idea. Could it could be another eight weeks? Like I have no idea because it's a back injury. I mean, that's not anything that you can really mess with. You know.
1: I do just want to say you
0: can play through.
1: You are last place in the league. But you're in the harder division, yeah. and your points scored on the year, actually, you've, you've had I'm, the most points scored against you, five. and you're a top five point scorer, which honestly bodes well to you maybe sitting and waiting on him, but I think it would more, det- I think it more, Um, you would more have to consider who you're playing in the next month-ish, yeah. um, if you could, think, think you could write out some wins, then maybe you hold on to him. but if you're gonna need, you're like, you gotta start winning soon,
0: you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly, I'd been on a nice little two-week winning streak, and then this week with... The injuries, yeah. So I'm thinking my plan is to maybe package him and somebody else and just try to trade up a little bit on whoever that first guy is. Just maybe an extra two, three points a week or a game up, and with to somebody who's willing to sit on a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. might take value in that. Otherwise, it might just be wraps for Jaron. I might have to drop him. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff, Noah. It's uh. It'll be a rough decision. All right, should we get into it?
1: Yeah, let's get into
0: it. All righty, do you want to start with the schedule analysis? Yes, I would. Ooh, all righty. Um, I can just read off, as we do every week, the teams playing four games, and then we'll get into teams playing different amount of games. Those are really the teams that you got to pay attention to. Uh, I'm going to go NPR voice as we do every week, and then you can come up with my creative voice that I will read the other games with while I do that. Let's get into it. <laughs> ah, The teams with four games for the week of February 15th in the NBA. The Atlanta Hawks. The Boston Celtics. The Brooklyn Nets. The Chicago Bulls. The Denver Nuggets, the Detroit Pistons, the Golden State Warriors, the Houston Rockets, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Miami Heat, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the New Orleans Pelicans, the New York Knicks, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Sacramento Kings, and lastly... The Toronto Raptors will all be playing four games this week, barring COVID cancellations. This has been NBA PR. Oh, Ooh. that was pretty good. That kind of good. some type of way, honestly. I know. All right. Valentine's hey, Day. Hey. Valentine's Day. Hey. Uh, I hear there's a website that runs a promotion on this day. I'm not going to say which one, but, uh, you know. Just do with that what you will. No, what kind of voice am I uh, using for teams with three and two games? Spoiler alert. Uh, we have a team that's only playing two games this week. I mean, what the fuck? Uh,
1: I got to hear the Christopher Walken impression, honestly. You mentioned it last week, and I really want to hear it. I did it. mention it last week.
0: All right. This is teams with three games. Mm, that's sounds pretty cool. That's not Christopher Walken. (laughs) Walken. The Charlotte Hornets. The Cleveland Cavaliers. The Indiana Pacers. The Los Angeles Lakers, The Orlando Magic. Christopher Walken. I'm walking here. Ghosts. Mm. Man, it's one of those things I should have put in some practice before this. Hey, it's Christopher Walken, the Portland Creel Blazers. You turned an Australian. Yeah, dude, I do did. I did. I did. Christopher Walken. Walken. You had it at the beginning. I, mentioned, I had it. I did, dude. Uh, it's one of those things, dude, accents with me. They come and they go. All right, so just uh, Christopher Walken. Hey, I'm walking here. Uh, so it's the Hornets, the Cavs, the Pacers, the Lakers, the Magic, the Suns, the Trailblazers, the Spurs, the Jazz. And the Wizards are playing three games this week. And then teams with two games, you got the Mavs. So definitely watch out for the Mavs. If you've got Mavs players, Uh, those fringe guys. And, and uh, No, we'll get into it later. We'll get into it later with them. But, yeah, do you want to say anything about the Mavs playing two games or any of the teams with three games?
1: Yeah, so I actually wanted to give a shout-out to some of our listeners, Colin. Um. You know, you and I, we both play daily, like set your lineups um, every True. day. But I want—I actually wanted to give a shout out to like my weekly lineup boys. Um, these are guys who are in a league where you set your lineup at the beginning of the week and you can't make any changes during the week, um, which is where the Mavs only have two games, I think, um, affects the most. Um, you know, only two games out of a player this week when you could be um, picking up a guy who's playing four, it's literally the difference between you winning a matchup this week and losing a matchup honestly so i definitely if you're like honestly if you have a chris saps and you think your matchup is going to be close this week you could almost go for picking up a guy that's just going to play two more games on him and getting that extra value over starting him so yeah i just wanted to give a little shout out to the weekly lineup boys
0: yeah absolutely i know we've interacted with a couple of those guys on reddit and it's definitely an interesting way to to make the fantasy season i think it takes off a little bit of pressure in that you're only set in the lineup once a week and you don't have to be changing it every day. But with that said, definitely strategically, it is a different animal in what you're able to do and what you can't do, really.
1: Yeah, I imagine it makes the weekend, like, waiver wire really
0: competitive. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, right now, I'm sure those guys are fighting tooth and nail for every guy they can get. Also, what would suck about that is, could you imagine if your guy goes down on Tuesday and he was supposed to play three more games, I mean, that's just kabosh. Kablouch. Kablouch. All right, you know, we're on the topic. I just want to ask you the question. So, I got a fringe guy like um, Tim Hardaway Jr. He's only going to play two games this week. In the last two games combined, he's put up 17 fantasy points. He's... Been in and out, especially with Porzingis coming back. He had kind of been their second option. Now he's maybe their third, probably their fourth option. Doesn't do anything else besides score points. Is he a guy that's worth hanging on to?
1: Um, at this point, honestly, I don't think so. Um, you know, he's always a hot and cold kind of guy. Um, you know, he can get mm-hmm. you those nights where he drops forty fantasy points, scores a bunch of points, but also have just some real stinkers. And for a guy that's only going to play two games this week, you could easily waiver skim two different guys. That'll get you two games each um, or get yeah. one guy that'll play you four games. So I think um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of value lost in holding on to Tim Hardaway in a week like this.
0: Fair enough. I like it. Alrighty, Why don't you tell us uh, – give, give us the, the day-by-day schedule just so we're familiar with that.
1: Yeah. So the number of teams playing each day breaks down into this. Um, on Monday, we have 14. On Tuesday, we have 14. On Wednesday, we have 24 teams playing. On Thursday, we only have six teams playing. Um, On Friday, we have 20. On Saturday, we have 24. And on Sunday, we have 16. So Thursday is going to be a big week. Um, You know, on these other days, they're pretty high-volume game days, so you might not have as many opportunities to pick guys up. But Thursday could be the differentiator this week with only six teams playing. Mm Mm-hmm. And then um, getting into the back-to-backs this week. So on Monday, Tuesday, we have Brooklyn has a back-to-back. On Tuesday, Wednesday, Boston has a back-to-back, so maybe no Kemba. Um, Denver has one. Detroit has one, so maybe no Blake Griffin. Uh, Minnesota has one. The Pelicans have one. The Port- Portland has one. And Sacramento has one. On Wednesday, Thursday, we're looking at Miami. On uh, Thursday, Friday, we're looking at Milwaukee and Toronto. On Friday, Saturday, we're looking at Charlotte, Chicago, Golden State, Houston, who maybe Wall, maybe Vic sit out, Memphis, Phoenix. On Saturday, Sunday, we have the Knicks and the Kings, and then on Sunday, Monday, we have OKC, so maybe no Al Horford. But yeah, this week, a lot of back-to-backs, so you're definitely going to have to watch out on if guys are going to sit those games or not.
0: Now, has Al Horford been sitting back-to-back because... He was only out in paternity leave. It's not like he's been facing injury this year.
1: Yeah, at the beginning of the season he was sitting back-to-backs before his paternity leave, but since he's been back, no, I don't think enough. he has missed a, or he has not played in a back-to-back lately.
0: Already. Already. is something to watch for. I just wanted to to see where he was on that cuz I thought he'd been chilling. Um Already. I I like that. Do you want to get into the teams or, yeah, you go for it. You go for it. You guys. <laughs> yeah.
1: So the teams to stream this week, um, we're looking at the Brooklyn Nets. They play on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Um, the Miami Heat play on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Um, so for the Nets, we could be looking at guys like Beth Green, Bruce Brown, um, DeAndre Jordan. For the Heat, we could be looking at guys like um, you know, Kendrick uh, Kendrick Nunn. Warren Drogic, um, Duncan Robinson, Kelly Olenek. Um, the Bucks play on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday this week. So if you're looking for a good team to stream in the later um, days of the week, you could be looking at guys like Dante DiVincenzo, Brent Forbes, while through holidays out, um, Bobby Portis, you know, guys like that. Um, the Kings play on Monday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, the Raptors play on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday then the Lakers play on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So all those teams play on Thursday. So they're definitely going to be um, teams that have guys available and that you're going to want to pick up.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, is there anybody, any team specific you want to elaborate on? If not, uh, is it time to jump into roster pickups?
1: Yeah, let's get into the um, roster pickups. Honestly, you want to start it? You got a guy?
0: Um, you know, I I've got a guy that that we could do. Um, I don't have as many guys as you have, so why don't you go first? And I, we can kind of go with a the theme of I'll ask you some questions and then I'll interject with my guys. But I want to start with your first pick, which is Norman Powell. Why don't you give us a little background on Norman, and I can kind of jump in with my thoughts.
1: Yeah, so Norman Powell is a guy who's currently 64% rostered in ESPN leagues, which honestly seems kind of low to me with um, how he's been playing as of late. But he was a guy who had a pretty poor start to the season, as did the whole Raptors team. So he could have potentially got dropped in your league because the guy who drafted him probably higher than he should have is unsatisfied with his production so far. But um, as of late, he's been playing absolutely phenomenally. Um, over the last two weeks, he's averaging 22 points, 3.8 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 1.5 steals on 50% shoot, field goal shooting, 95% free throw shooting, and 42% three-point shooting. Um, that, act- all the stats added up actually make him the 39th best fantasy player over the last two weeks. And oh my God. if you're a little worried that maybe he's been playing well just because OG is hurt... Um, they practically play the same number of minutes even when OG was fully healthy. They're both getting around 30 to 32 minutes a night. So I think this is a guy that shouldn't even be available on waiver wires, honestly, Colin.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, a guy who in the la- his last 10 games is putting up 23 points a game, like that's not somebody who should be anywhere near a waiver wire. That is somebody who should be rostered. He's a consistent free-throw shooter. He shoots about 88% on the year. In the last 10 games, he's shooting like 50% from the field, 45 from three. He's getting you steals. I mean, like without even converting this these stats into a, a fantasy metric, you can just tell that this is a very valuable player. And I think that's what's important. And I, I want to keep in mind that he's been having this production while guys like Fred VanVleet have been on absolute heaters. So I think his role in the Raptors is not necessarily that of the the number one scoring option. You know, when you have guys like Lowry, Siakam, VanVleet, even OG, he's not a guy that you'd expect to be getting... As many shots as I think he is. I mean, in his last 10 games, he's averaging uh, he's averaging 16 field goal attempts, which I think speaks volumes to the role that he's playing on the team. And when you get the guy who's like the third or the fourth option that's getting that many field goals, it's because the team is creating so many shots. And it's indicative of great team play which is what we've seen out of the raptors that's why they've jumped from being at the bottom of the east back into the playoff conversation and i think they currently sit at the sixth or seventh seed so no i i don't see that a guy who's putting up that kind of production off of team basketball dipping if that makes sense
1: yeah um I I really like his role on the Raptors honestly. You know, he's a nice in-between guard too. So he can mm-hmm. come in for Lowry, he can come in for Fred VanVleet. He can even come in for OG. And when he's in, he gets all the freedom he wants on offense to do whatever he wants. Um, yeah. you know, he gets to control that bench unit, which I think is a really good role for him. And when he's in with the starters, you know, he's just this lethal like shot creator that defenses mm-hmm just forget about at a certain point because they're so worried about stopping Van Vliet, stopping Lowry, stopping Pascal, that he gets these really good opportunities. And if he keeps playing this way um, and you can pick him up still, you'll probably look like a genius, honestly.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, do you look like a genius or does everybody else around you just look like a goddamn moron? I think both. No offense. Yeah. Facts. Facts. Yeah, I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, he's definitely benefiting off of good team basketball. There's no doubt about that. But, dude, I'm looking at it right now. In the last 10 games, he's getting as many shots over a 10-game span, which I think is long enough to show that it's, it's not a short-term thing, is Siakam, a guy right. who was in an All-Star game last year. And he's arguably more efficient than him. I think, so. that's,
1: I think that's a really good sign, honestly. I think a reason the Raptors weren't doing as well on um, the season when we mm-hmm. saw them like really bad was I think they were just asking Pascal to do a little too much, honestly, and I don't think he's there yet. I think he still has a chance to get to that kind of player. But I think taking mm-hmm. away shots from him, giving Vandalita a couple more shots, giving Norman Powell these more shots, I think is a really good sign for the Raptors, you know, because Pascal can mm-hmm. just play in the flow of the offense, be comfortable, we've seen what he can do. So good move by the by their coach, honestly.
0: Yeah. So actually, Powell has been getting the most shot attempts on the whole team in the last ten games that Powell has played, because uh, he he has missed one or two games there. But in the games that pa- that he's playing, he is getting the most shot attempts, and I think that it that like boils down our philosophy of being on the court means that you should pick a person up if they're playing time pick them up it it should really be boiled down to if they're doing their things pick them up when they get the opportunities and he's getting the opportunity night in night out so to me yeah absolutely like this isn't even a guy who should be on a waiver wire this is a guy who is a bona fide fantasy stud i don't know he's He's just like a sleeper. Phenomenal. You said he's top 40 in the league in the last two weeks. That, to me, is just... That should end any discussion right there.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was available on our waiver wire earlier this year, Colin.
0: Yeah, I... Yeah, no, I saw him early Because I picked him up and dropped him, actually, which is... Ugh. But, <laughs> yeah, happens. <laughs> happens to the best of us. <laughs> um, alrighty, I want to talk about a guy who... Again, we've talked about it on the pod before, but was the subject of a very big trade that is my favorite NBA player, former MVP, Derek Rose. He's up 10% roster this week, up to 61%, so might not be available in your league, but he's had some really solid games with the Knicks so far. Coming in off the bench, averaging 21, 22 minutes a game, putting up 15 a game, averaging two rebounds, four assists, two steals. I think that his minutes only go up, you know? Tibbs, yeah. Tibbs loves him. I think he's going to start to fit in the system. Um. He's definitely going to have a more valued role on the Knicks, who are currently a playoff team than he did on the Pistons when it was kind of a shit show. I mean, the only guarantee on the Pistons is that Jeremy Grant's going to put up 20 shots a night. Everything else is just out the goddamn window, especially with Killian Hayes injured. I, I think that it was a, it was good for him to get out of there. He's reunited with Thibodeau, obviously a system that he's familiar with. He's back in New York, a team that he's been on before. I think they have a lot of weapons. I think he's comfortable not only running the bench unit, but coming in and getting significant minutes at the end of games. I see his value increasing, which I think is why he was picked up. Uh, his ro- percent roster jumped 10% this last week. Um, initial thoughts on Derek Rose, who we've talked about as a guy who is likely to get traded before the season ended.
1: Yeah. I, um, I really like this next move. Honestly, you know, it's a showing that they want to make the playoffs this season. And what I really like is that him and Quickly, um, we didn't know what the result of this trade was going to mean for Emmanuel Quickly. And it mm. kind of seems like the Knicks are going to stick with Quickly and Rose off the bench. And I think they're actually going to end up trading Austin Rivers, which I think is a phenomenal move for them. You know, Austin Rivers is a guy who can help mm. mentor Emmanuel Quickly as much as Derek Rose can. And they're both seeing about like 22-ish, 25-ish minutes a game. But I also, like, I think Derrick Rose could be be finishing these games with how much Tib trusts him over Alfred Payton, honestly.
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And, I mean, if they are going to start a legitimate playoff push, I don't see why you wouldn't have Derrick Rose in at the end of the game. So obviously, Alfred Payton is, is young and developing and has some nice talent. I mean, nothing that I think is going to be... Monumental? I I don't I don't see Alfred Payton as a future All Star. Although I've heard that take a couple times, I don't personally say. Well, not to get too far off ship, but where are you where's your stance on Alfred Payton? Do you see him as somebody who could grow into an All Star type guard? Uh, no, not at all. Um, yeah, I heard that. I think that he's take a. I, was like, I think what? he's a
1: fringe starting point guard at best. Um, I think Derek Rose is honestly might be better than him right now. But I think um, that Knicks team, like, we know their defense is good, but their offense is really lacking, honestly. And when you have, like, Derrick Rose can just come in and get a bucket for them. And I see that as a pretty valuable role within their team, honestly.
0: Yeah, not only can he come in and get a bucket, Derrick Rose has turned himself into a very phenomenal playmaker. Not that he wasn't always a phenomenal playmaker, but he's a playmaker without the pizzazz that he once held and that athleticism. He really has some nice court vision. I think he understands the game at a higher level than he maybe did when he was younger or maybe has has been forced into playmaking the way he does. So I think with those weapons, I mean, obviously on the Pistons, he had Jeremy Grant, but he had an old Blake Griffin, Mason Plumlee. Not, not anybody who I would specifically refer to as a weapon at their respective points in their careers, but... I think this Knicks team, it's young, it's fresh. You know, Julius Randle is something. There's just there's more to like about the Knicks, which is a weird sentence to be saying, but it's a sentence we're saying, than his previous spot. So I think it only goes up for Derek Rose from here.
1: Yeah, I like that pick a lot, honestly.
0: Fair enough. All right, who, who do you got next?
1: Uh, so my next guy is actually also a New York Knicks. Um, it's Nerland's Noel. He's currently 15.5% rostered in ESPN leagues. And he's been named the starter now after Mitchell Robinson injured his hand this weekend. Mm-hmm. He's looking like he's going to miss around two to four weeks. Um, in Nerland's first game played as starter for the Knicks, he played 32 minutes. He got 10.6 rebounds, two blocks and one steal with only around 10% use of grade too. Um, I think he's a guy who would be pretty valuable in categories. Um, he has pretty good defensive yeah. stats, and he shot five for six of that game, eighty-three percent. So he's going to help you in field goal percentage, and I think he's going to mm-hmm. keep seeing thirty plus minutes per game. Really, um, the Knicks aren't that deep in their bat, um in their front court, honestly, or their back court. No, not at all. Um, and Taj Gibson and Nerlens Noel will probably see the majority of the minutes going well on, and I think Nerlens Noel is more valuable to the Knicks at this point than Taj Gibson. So I think he could be a guy that, uh will definitely need picked up this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Just looking at uh his stats. So this is the first time all year that he's played more than 30 minutes. He did pretty well. He put up a season high 10 points, which is a little sad, but it means that when he's getting out there, he's getting buckets at least. You know, he's not just totally lost on the floor. He's a guy that's always gotten blocks. I mean, if you are somebody who's lacking on blocks, he has posted block numbers out the wazoo. In the 24 games that he's played so far this season, uh, he's only failed to record a block in four games so far. He has more games where he's recorded three or more blocks than games where he hasn't had a block. Wow. Yeah, and he's going to get rebounds. He'll score a couple points. He's going to be efficient from the f- the field uh, when he shoots free throws. Not so much, but it's not like he's going to shoot all that many where it's really going to take a free throw percentage. So I absolutely agree. I think in a categories league, Nerlens Noel is almost a must, especially if you're lacking on blocks. Um, and then points league, I, I still take a gamble on him. What say you?
1: Yeah, he could be a streaming option for um points leagues. Especially because one thing I've noticed is that like you can exploit center matchups, you know? Like when you see a team yes. playing a different team, you can just tell that, oh, that center is probably gonna do pretty well that night. And I think yeah. that's um I think that's something you could take into account when you're thinking what day you wanna stream Nerlens Noel.
0: Oh, absolutely. Anytime that I see like somebody playing the Raptors, because I know the Raptors have no real big man. I just go, all right, who's the big man on the other team, especially for Daily Fantasy? Yeah, totally. And it usually works out.
1: Like Vooch so, last week played the Raptors twice, and you know he's like an instant add to your yeah. team for Daily Fantasy.
0: Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, would it be helpful? Almost, maybe if we were to compile, maybe we should do that for an episode and, like, compile, like, matchups that we like so that it's not really, like, players that we're looking at, but the matchups. And because there's always a couple, like, whenever I see some, like, a player that's playing against the Bulls, the Wizards, the Kings, teams with just atrocious defenses, you, I, I always gravitate towards picking up players that are playing those teams because you know that just as a team, they're going to put up 120 points. And so the fifth guy on the bench, you know, might score ten just cause.
1: Yeah, totally. i uh, yeah.
0: All right, we'll look into that for a different episode. Upcoming. Uh, anything else you want to say about Nolan's Noel?
1: Uh, no, I honestly think we covered everything. Look at us talking about two nicks. That's pretty interesting.
0: <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Uh, already is I I see you got a couple more guys here. Do you want to go over all of them?
1: Um, no, I can just skim over two of them and then I'll talk about my last one because I honestly really like okay. my last one. All right, um, fair, enough, fair enough. So one of the quick guys is Paul Millsap. He's 27% rostered in ESPN um, leagues right now, but he actually hurt himself tonight and didn't come back to the game. But I think um, if it's not anything serious, I think he's a really good streaming option right now with the way he's playing. Um, over the last seven days, he's got 16 points, 5.2 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 1.5 um, assists, 3 steals and 2.0 blocks um you know after denver didn't really replenish their wings this offseason and tory craig and jeremy grant there's kind of a hole um left in denver for someone to fill those defensive stats like rebounding steals blocks and i think paul milsap's finally starting to like learn how to fill that role and he's kind of a swiss army knife for denver and he does just a little bit of everything and i think the defensive numbers alone are fantastic
0: yeah, fair enough. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's a four-time All Star, but he's thirty-six years old now. Definitely, you you'd think it would take a wear on a guy. He's played over twenty minutes in every single game but one so far. Oh uh, no, he went through a a little bit of a stretch right there, but yeah, he's been playing thirty minutes these last couple days. Yeah, I don't. I actually this might be. I don't know if I actually agree with you on this one. I think maybe in a categories league, I see his value. I don't know about a points league. If that's fair enough for me to say.
1: Yeah, you should probably just like keep sitting on Jaron Jackson hoping he comes back.
0: All right, you little bitch. That's, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ, guy. You just want to see me suffer. That's all you want. A little psychopath over here. No, I mean like like you said, he's a Swiss Army knife. Right? He can do everything. Like, he's gonna score. He's gonna steal. He's gonna get blocks, but his high assists on the year is four. He has some games where he breaks out rebounding, but then he also he's good for like five rebounds. You know? Yeah. That's what I'm saying, like in, in a categories league, okay.
1: he's a streaming. Option.
0: In a cat, in yes, true, true. I. In a categories league, I see the value because he's doing a little bit of everything and he's efficient enough from the field where he's not hurting you there. He's actually shooting pretty darn well from three this year, which is impressive. He's shooting 40% from three. So that's what I'm saying. Like When we, when we were talking about categories, I'm like, yeah, but I just don't know how many points he's actually scoring in a points league week in and week out. So it's, it's just a different beast. Should it's I read his animal and Should I read his piece. last 5 games? Yeah, actually that'd be helpful for me.
1: Um so his animal last sport. 5 games, 26 fantasy points, 27, 40, 31, 26.
0: So, you know, fair enough. Alrighty. Fuck me. What did he have 46 here? Oh, I'm oh, I'm sorting by the wrong way. Uh eh, well, that's that's going to be on me. That'll be on me. Yeah, getting the three blocks in the game is not half bad. I will give you that. Alright, should I talk uh, about my last guy? I really like this last yes, guy. You should. Yeah, um, you
1: should. so my last recommendation of the week is Dario Saric. Um, a guy who is only four point seven percent rostered right now. Um he he plays on the Suns, if you didn't even know that. Um he returned for them this week. Um his role right now is honestly undefined with the Suns because we've only seen him play eight games all the season. Um, due to COVID, but I think he's a guy who has really high upside on the Suns team. Um, you know, currently, they're starting, like, Frank Kaminsky at their four, but I think when they're fully healthy, they could be running this Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Jay Crowder, Dario Sarge, DeAndre Ayton lineup and putting in um, Mikal Bridges and um, Cameron Johnson in some fashion. Like, even if Sarge isn't the starter, um, I see him as a high bench minute kind of guy. And I think he provides nice, solid scoring, and he complements Chris Paul and Devin Booker both pretty well. And in his mm-hmm. first game back, he played 20 minutes, had 15 points, 4 steals, 4 assists, and 2 rebounds. Um, so I think as his conditioning gets back to where they want it to be, um, I think he could be a really good option, honestly. I think he's a stash option right now. Like, if you have a spot on your team, and you can afford to wait mm-hmm. on this guy Sarge a couple weeks, um, I think it could proved to have a lot of upside honestly.
0: Yeah. I like I like you kind of alluded to. Darius Sarch is not a guy that I've paid a ton of attention to if at all, especially this year. I mean, somebody that has had a tumultuous NBA career to say the least after being taken in the first round and then not really ever living up to expectations. Um. Yeah, I I have to say this is a guy who is not on my radar in the slightest. So yeah, he's a guy I actually like
1: a lot. Um, I liked him when he was drafted by Philly or was on Philly. Um, you know he's huge. He's six ten for a four that can shoot. Um, over his career, he's averaging thirty five percent from three. Um, and I think he's a guy. He's kind of like Paul Millsap, but he's just younger, so he's more athletic, quicker. Um, in his best season with the Sixers, he averaged 14 points, six rebounds, and three assists. Um, if
0: he could do anything Those near that for stats. the Suns,
1: he could be a super valuable piece for both the Suns and your fantasy team.
0: Yeah. Yeah, my only concern is that the Suns seem to have a lot of guys it the small forward, power forward position. Um, It, it kind of gets into to a one ball. There's only one ball type scenario but in looking at Saric's production so far this year and the handful of games that he's played he has been phenomenal so yeah if he's set to come back soon I would be or he has come back and will continue to do so I mean this is a phenomenal stat line 15 points a block four steals four assists two boards 50 percent from the field that's that's a nice stat line, and it he of the eight games he's played so far, he's put up over ten in ten points scored in six of the eight, and he's only averaging about seventeen minutes a game. So, if he really starts to pump that number up to above like twenty three, twenty four, I love it.
1: Yeah, I bet I bet Jack Eggleton picks up Dario Sarge. Yeah, that little
0: bitch. God. Fucking poor excuse for a man. That's all I have to say about him. Uh, Alrighty. Let's get into... Do you want to read just, like, some other guys that, you know, we don't need to spend any time on at all if you don't want to, but just quick other guys that we think are good streaming options.
1: Yeah, um I'll just read them off real quick. Um so my week nine streaming options this week are Juan Toscano because Von Looney and James Wiseman are both going to be out another week. So this guy should definitely be rostered in your league. Um Yaka Pirtle, Lamarcus Aldridge is still without a timeline of coming back, so until then, yeah. Yaka is I wanna say have. something
0: about yeah, I was going to say something about Jakob Purtle. So I picked up Jakob Pertl. So just in playing Daily Fantasy, in this last week alone, Jakob Pertl went from being valued at about $4,400 a day. Um, for reference, for if you don't play Daily Fantasy, uh, I got, like, Luka Doncic is the most valued player at usually around, like, $11,000. 4400 is designated for guys who put up, like, 20 fantasy points. Uh, in an average game, and he jumped from being valued at twenty four hundred to sixty five hundred, a full two thousand dollar bump up in less than a week. And keep in mind, we knew at the beginning of the week that Lamarcus Aldridge would be injured, so I just I think that speaks volumes to his production and his outlook by the fantasy community in less than a week.
1: Yeah, he's only twenty percent roster to, still too, Colin, which, which is, is insane. seems way too low for. He...
0: Production he's been putting out. He won me blocks this week. Like I led our league in blocks, and I want to attribute it to one James Harden having a random ass game where he had five blocks. And oh then my Jakub gosh! <laughs> you like? Yeah. You're welcome yeah. for that pick,
1: dude.
0: Yeah, like Jakob Purtle in the last week had six, nine, thirteen blocks. That was more than three separate teams in our league had. That's beautiful. Right? I love that. Yeah, so go off, King.
1: Yeah, so my next guy is Bryn Forbes. Um, he's valuable only until Drew Holiday comes back. Um, I actually have a guy I want to ask you about, Colin. How do you feel about Tomas Um, He had a really good recent game for the Bulls, but I'm kind of... I hate Tomas Oh, I know you hate him, but, like...
0: Do I... You ever, do you ever feel like... I don't
1: um, see any... Do you ever feel like that? Kobe's just not there as a playmaker yet, like as a as your point guard. So there's an opportunity here for Tomas Sadoransky because he can put up assists. We know he's a decent playmaker.
0: No. Okay. No, because so, – so here's what I have to say about that. And I get the criticism, but I think it's valid. And I think it's something that Kobe needs to work on. I think his court vision is there-ish. He, he needs, so like the announcers talk about it all the time when I'm watching Bull game Bulls games, like he does the best when he lets the game come to him. It's when he starts to try to force things is when the wheels just fall off for him and he just starts to become a little bit of a train wreck. Like he's young enough where like if he has one turnover, he's prone to another. Like okay. it starts to get into his head and he just tries to make things happen that aren't there. But I mean, we watched him the other night when him and Zach broke the NBA record, become the first teammates to both hit at least eight threes in a single game, when he was just absolutely on fire. Um, But again, you know, I get your point. I just don't think that Sadaransky would ever get consistent minutes over him. Maybe in an isolated game or a quarter, if White was cold and sadransky was really doing something. But sadransky's playmaking is not nearly valuable enough to outweigh Kobe's talent and scoring ability. So, no, I think that... I think it would be very tough to predict before a game if Sadoransky is going to get 30 minutes a game. Like, 30 minutes in a game. Yeah, he's
1: only hit 30 minutes
0: once in his last
1: 10 games.
0: Yeah, and it's all situational. If Kobe's playing poorly, then he would get in. So you'd have to like think that Kobe's going to play poorly and that Sato would play well enough to warrant being in the game. Because, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I don't think that Satoransky has much value at all. Okay. Also, I hate him. Not okay. as much as Ryan Archie Diakono. I hate Archie Diakono the Them. How do you?
1: How can you hate Archie Diakono?
0: dude? Because if you have Archie Diakono on your team, then you just know that you're a bad team. You can't have Ryan Archie Diakono on your team and be like, "Yes, like we're going places."
1: Honestly, fair enough. <laughs> that's pretty.
0: That's pretty good <laughs> reasoning. Honestly. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan, if you're listening. <laughs> I love everything you do. You did great in Villanova, but that's how I
1: feel. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll I... read the rest of my list real quick. Yeah. Um. Some of the rest of the guys to stream this week: um. DeAndre Jordan, Jeff Green, Gordon Dragic, Duncan Robinson, Bobby Portis, Dante Divincenzo, um. Kyle Kuzma, Kendrick Nunn, Bruce Brown. Have you heard? Have you? I'm gonna name this guy Colin and tell me if you even heard of him.
0: Um uh, Max yeah, Struess. Okay. Um yeah, but only because I was looking at him on Daily Fantasy because he was like a three thousand dollar player earlier this week.
1: Yeah, he's another guy that the Heat have just plucked from their um, you know, scouting slash developmental department. Um he's not a guy that I think is worth picking up right now. He's only 04 percent rostered. But he's another one of these lethal three point shooters who just run corner to corner for the Heat and will hit like six threes a game. Um, so he's a guy to keep an eye on, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Augustine, Pat Connaughton, Nemanja Belitza, Corey Joseph, Wesley Matthews, and Marcus Saul are my streaming options for this week.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, I just want to... I'll throw in my two cents here, which is just... Uh, anytime the Bucks play somebody that you know they're going to kick the shit out of, invest in bench players. Bobby be yeah, Bobby P, DiVincenzo, Connaughton. Like, if any of those guys are available in the Bucs are playing the Pistons, the go for it. The Bulls. They actually they lost the to somehow to the Thunder, which blows yeah, my Yeah, bad mind, day for NBA betters.
1: Wizards beat the Celtics and the Thunder beat the Bucs.
0: Yeah, for real. For real, good, yeah, Jesus, the uh, plus teams won in seven games today. Wow, that's kind of insane.
1: And that right there is why you don't bet NBA.
0: Wait, I I lied. Eight, there were there were twelve games today. Eight, eight underdogs won. Wow, it's kind of insane. Damn. All righty, I know we're getting there on time. Uh, Any parting thoughts? you want to quick do like an injury update?
1: Um, Yeah, so a couple guys that got hurt this week. Um, we already said Mitchell Robinson. He's going to be out two to four weeks. So a guy like Nervyn's Noel, maybe a guy like Taj Gibson will be pretty valuable. Um, Anthony mm-hmm. Davis aggravated his Achilles again. So he's probably yeah, bound to miss. Yeah, he's been
0: questionable for... Like the last like three weeks, like he he's been on yeah. he's been day to day injury reports all over the place. So yeah, this makes sounds sense. like
1: something they might be a little more careful with now um, that he reaggravated mm-hmm. the injury. So I think this makes guys like Montress Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, um, Marcus Morris, um, they could be seeing an uptick in usage and playing time if AD misses like a week or two. Um, mm-hmm. Who else got hurt this week, Colin? Can you think of anyone
0: else? Uh, Mitchell Robinson, I, I know D'Angelo Russell has missed a handful of games at this point, so Ricky Rubio's value is a little bit increased, but Ricky Rubio's honestly not been playing great basketball so far this year, so he's he's gonna keep starting, at least for this week, um... I'm trying to – oh, Shea Alexander, Shea Shea Gilgis sat out tonight. Uh, We're not really sure of the severity of that injury, but something to consider. Um, I know if – we've talked about him, but Hamadou Diallo has been phenomenal this last week. So if you can grab a hold of him, I would go for it. Um – just trying to think of anybody else. Oh, did we talk about Wiseman and Kevon Looney?
1: Oh, yeah. Juan Toscano is a must um, stream again for this week. Um, Kevon Looney and Wiseman are both going to sit out um, at least one more week, making Juan just a must-have. He's going to start for the Warriors. He puts up good numbers. Um, he might. He's a must-have stream for this week.
0: Mm-hmm. Paul George also uh, sat out a couple times this week with a toe injury set out today and to the previous two games. So serious enough, not really a timetable as to what is expected out of that. It seems to be something that they're taking game by game, so it doesn't appear to be terribly serious.
1: Yes sir. Uh, Lou Will's um, actually been playing pretty well as a play. Hold Lou
0: on. Will has been a little bit of a resurgence. Uh, confirmed that Lou Will can still get a bucket. Yeah, I or... think he's
1: trying to get traded. So I think the Clippers are letting him take a couple more shots now.
0: For real? why would he want to get traded?
1: Um, I think the Clippers want to trade him. I don't think he's going to have much uh, of a say. Yeah, on... I was
0: going to say, that doesn't seem like a situation he'd want to be leaving anytime soon. But, yeah, that makes sense. He's kind of watched at this point. Um, definitely not six. It's kind of weird how quickly that he went from, like, Lou Will is, like, the best sixth man in the nba to man this guy is like 34 (laughs) it
1: only took like a season and a half for them to go greatest six man ever to old man
0: yeah (laughs) i mean definitely like he's a guy when we talk about not getting any rest between the bubble i mean he's how old is he he's 34 years old I know LeBron's doing it, but LeBron definitely puts in more work (laughs) at the uh, gym. Lou Will's definitely (laughs) throwing it back at the club, but not not an exercise phenom by any means. So, yeah. His minutes are actually – he's down eight minutes a game from last year. Wow. This is the least amount of minutes he's playing per game – since two thousand seven,
1: they took away his pick and roll partner.
0: Literally half of his offense came from Montrezl Harrell. Get him! That was so stupid of them. I don't think they should have let Harrell walk, but I'm not a part of that guy that franchise. Um, oh, Bagley's day today. Aldridge is out. OG continues to be out. Mike Conley. Um, and I think that wraps up an injury report. You know. Uh, Alrighty, well, I think that wraps up this episode of Bench Chatter. Thank you to everybody who's been tuning in, who tunes in. You're new, you're old, whatever it is. Thank you for listening. We appreciate the hell out of everybody who does so. And continue to give us feedback, you know? Um, we're getting some decent amount of interactions on our Reddit posts. We love that. We try to interact with anybody who comments. And I think we want to start to to try to do maybe a QA where we might answer questions on the podcast so that we can get a bit more into them. Um so stay tuned on that. No anything else? Uh no. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace. Alrighty. Peace out. Talk to you.